Help, I got a Mac, podcast episode number 68. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Yeah, my name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I mean, uh, Chris Biden. And we are here today, <laughs> both of us, to, an- to answer any question you could ever possibly imagine asking about Mac. And iPhone. And iPhone. Pretty much, pretty much anything that Apple makes. Pretty much anything Apple makes, yeah. What he just said. So, Chris, today we have a little bit of catching up to do, seeing as how there was news that broke the you know day after we recorded our last show. Some people probably already tired of hearing all about iPhone this, iPhone that, but you know what? We're still going to cover it because we have a lot of listeners, believe it or not, there are a lot of listeners who listen to our shows, who, who listen to this show, who don't listen to all the shows you and I listen to that talked about iPhone all week. Yeah, so they're they're not very tired of it. That's right. So we're going to go ahead and beat the dead horse here on this show. Yep, you never beat a dead gift horse in the mouth, Cliff. <laughs> nice. But anyway, yeah, on Tuesday, Apple released iPhone 3.0, or well, they, get, they released a preview and a, a beta of both the iPhone software and of the iPhone SDK, which is what people use to make all those cool applications to uh, developers and stuff, but they showed it off to everybody, and needless to say, it delivered. They did uh, deliver quite a bit. In fact, they finally, finally delivered the one thing everybody (laughs) has been waiting for, and this is... Landscape mode. Landscape mode. No, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Copy and paste on the iPhone. Give me a break. I had copy and paste on my Palm device. Yeah, but your yeah. palm had a stylus and all sorts of stuff. So, so what? <laughs> oh, but it's yeah, they they finally did it. It looks like it's going to be pretty easy to use and all that good stuff. So, yeah, but that was like one of many announcements. It was, and that, that for me that was the most important thing that I had been waiting on. I there's there is uh, yeah, Kylie says everybody being Cliff. <laughs> When when I said everybody's been waiting for it, but seriously, that there are going to be so many times that's going to come in useful in you know pulling up a website URL and pasting it into an email or in especially into Tweety or something of that nature. Def, oh, yeah. Definitely going to be very useful for me. Yes, but you're, definitely. But you're right. There was quite a bit of buzz as far as the other things that they had announced. In fact, I think they said something at the end of the of this keynote that said something to to the nature of something to the fact of um, these are just a few of the 100 new features that will be released or rolled out in iPhone 3.0. Yeah, there's there's things that they didn't really specifically talk about, like um, bug VoIP. fixes. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, built-in support for VoIP for games and, and other applications that support that. Um, <clears throat> tethering for uh, the wireless carriers who support that. So there's all these really, really cool things. One of the nice big things that they announced also was landscape mode for all applications. So you get that if you tilt the phone sideways, you get that really nice keyboard. That's going to be nice in mail and in, in you know SMS. And speaking of text messages, they're also coming to come out with MMS, which will work on all the 3G iPhones and whatever else they decide to come out with. Won't work on the 2G iPhone. 
Is MMS, is that something that you, first of all, what is MMS? Explain to folks what that is. It's the, it's basically multimedia messaging. Uh, every phone in the last three, four years, with the exception of the iPhone, is able to do MMS. So I can take a picture, I can record audio, or even record video on some cameras and, and send it via text message to someone else. Gotcha. And so you could you could do a voice memo or or photos and stuff like that. Although <laughs> on the iPhone, I guess we I, I guess the 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 ability or the handiness of this is when you want to send a photo to somebody who uh, who doesn't have an iPhone. Right, like my wife. She's got a uh, LG Shine and she can do it and when she sends it to me it says I have to log into some website and put in a username and password and it's just a giant pain. Gotcha. So uh, with MMS, yeah, it'll be nice that I can finally see pictures and stuff. It, not that I use it a lot or would use it a lot just because I send most of my stuff to email. But, yeah, it's cool for, for, for supporting everybody else who doesn't have an iPhone. Nice. All right, so that's there. One of the things that I think kind of sounds really cool is the fact that they're doing this peer-to-peer connectivity for games and other, dev- and other applications. Yeah, so if we're both launched a game, let's say like you know a first-person shooter or a card game or something, it'll automatically find people playing that game, you know, around you using Bluetooth, and it'll create an ad hoc Wi-Fi network. It's a lot like what the Nintendo DS does when it creates an ad hoc network for uh, multiple DS users. So it's pretty cool. I think that they should just in, in, in have so they should just have this ad hoc ability turned on by default like for example there's some kind of way of notifying you or at least an an official apple application that would notify you of other 3g or well other iphone devices that are around you and that way when you're at a meeting or something like that and you say hey i'd love to exchange my contact information remember how you used to be able to beam your contact information on the pdas well that, that that'll probably be able to happen through the push notification which is finally coming out as well so tell us about the push. This is the sure. thing that they promised us last year, but we never did see. Right. Yeah, they said they were overwhelmed by the sheer number of applications that came out demanding it, so they had to kind of make sure it didn't buckle under the pressure, so they gave it another year to kind of work out the bugs and stuff. So the way push works is, let's say I have, uh, like, Mebo, which is an, an iChat type, you know, IM program, you know, uses uh, MSN or AOL, Instant Messenger, Yahoo, all that kind of stuff. Instead of it running in the background when I close the application, which would take up just a ton of battery, what it'll do is it'll, it'll set up a connection with Apple servers, which is like a low-power connection. It's just waiting for Apple to push something to it. So if you send me a message through one of the IM clients using the push service, it'll say, hey, uh, Cliff left a message. Do you want to answer it or not? So it's kind of like when you get your voicemail or when you get S- SMS, you know, those kind of notifications, and that's going to be you know, across all applications, which is pretty sweet. Very cool. Now, the other thing that they, or another thing that they introduced with 3.0 is the fact that developers are going to be able to build custom apps that talk directly to the hardware using yeah. the special APIs. Yeah, this is really cool. Uh, all the developers were locked out of that 30-pin port at the bottom of the iPod. So now... In theory, someone could. And they used a couple examples at the keynote, like a, a glucometer, you know, or a um, blood pressure checker, which is pretty cool. Another thing that I think would be sweet would be some kind of case where you slide it in. And there's like you know joystick controls or something, which would you know give you more buttons and really make it like a, a Nintendo DS or a PSP or something. I'd love so, a, 
I'd love to have my old foldable, uh, key, collapsible keyboard that I used to fold up into four sections, and it would fit into your pocket. Yeah, that that could be another thing, or basically, you know, make like a case that it connects to the bottom, also that when you open up the little door to the case, there's a keyboard there too. That'd be pretty sweet, also. Or, yeah, that, or that kind of stuff is open. Or Bluetooth keyboard, man. I'd lo- I've got my nice wireless Apple keyboard here. I'd love to be able to use that via Bluetooth. Yeah, someone asked them about Bluetooth keyboards, and they didn't confirm nor deny it. They just said, we're not talking about that today. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Bring your own maps but uh, it is something they said, but they are going to start allowing turn-by-turn navigation on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would be great for <coughs> someone like Garmin or TomTom. And, and you know, furthermore, since they have access to the bottom pin connection – what they could do, what TomTom could do or Garmin, is let's say release like a sixty-dollar, um, you know, USB GPS or you know some kind of dongle or something that uses a separate power supply and then plugs into the bottom of the iPhone. That way, it doesn't kill your iPhone battery or some kind of dock, you know, something like that. But the fact that that a bulk of the cost can now be offset, you know, TomTom could easily or Garmin could easily, you know snatch up the market if they offer a, like a nice low cost turn by turn software solution yeah the the key here has to be low cost because i know that they're going to make you buy the app buy the maps and if the maps are going to cost like a hundred bucks or something like that or 89 bucks i i i wouldn't mind paying 89 bucks if they said listen you buy this and for the next five years each each year for the next five years you're going to get free upgrades yeah, I think thirty nine would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd pay thirty nine uh, each year. The, the advantage of this is <clears throat> they could really do uh, real time traffic. Right now, a lot of the higher end GPSs, the four or five hundred dollar GPSs, use XM satellites real time traffic data, and now they could just use the three G data service, you know, to to get traffic information. There was a PD, <clears throat> excuse me, a GPS called the Dash that came out. That use cell phone signal, and so if you saw a wreck, or you know you were driving down the highway and it was just backed up, but it what you know no one knew about it, you could actually mark it on your GPS, and if enough, if enough people did it within a certain amount of time, it would update everybody else's uh, weather, or I'm sorry, uh, traffic stats on their GPS. So hmm. you could easily see something like that coming out for the iPhone. Very cool, very cool. All right, so the other thing now, I don't, I don't see this as a big thing unless I, I see it in action. But they said that the Google Maps are now going to be able to be embedded in applications. Yeah, so if you're using something like Foursquare or BrightKite, instead of seeing your location and it closes the application and opens back up, you know, the Google Map application now it'll just be open inside the app. So that's well, pretty nice too. I have this thing called, uh, you know, park my car or where did I park my car or something like that. And it's an application that seemingly has the Google Maps inside of it. Really? Yeah. Matter of fact, let me see if I can pull out my phone here and I'll see if I can find out what the icon says on here. <coughs> so if I. Go over one, two, three pages, four pages. Okay. And it's uh, take, I think it's called Take Me to My Car. And it it opens up and it's got its own little map and it, it calculates the rat, route. Um, it shows you your position, accuracy, and all that stuff, distance to the car. And then it's got maps inside of it and it appears to be the Google Maps. And it, the thing, though, is it may be pulling up the Google Maps via. Um, 
Google's API or something. Yeah, Google's API. So it's actually coming in through the web, not the maps on the phone itself. Right. Although, does the maps on the phone, are those there even when you're... I don't think so. Yeah, I think that all comes from the web. But yeah, I'm I'm sitting here looking at it right now, uh, it, it, and it is power. It says powered by Google. Yeah, maybe they maybe they licensed it themselves or something. But now it's just going to have native support, so you don't have to worry about building anything. In you know, it would just be an API call. You just say, "Hey, give me the Google Map," and gotcha. it's built in. Alrighty. So nifty. And what else do we have? The other news story is that uh, nine thousand uh, Apple was scammed out of nine thousand iPod shuffles somehow. A guy in Kalamazoo, Michigan, figured out a sequence of 9,000 iPod serial numbers. Okay. Contacted Apple and requested 9,000 replacements. Apple shipped him the units, and he promptly sold them below uh, MSRP to a bunch of people who didn't know what was going on. He was caught, and he will now be going to uh, prison. I don't get this. So this guy found some serial numbers. He figured out the sequence of serial numbers, yeah. Okay. The way, that, the, way the iPod, and, and I think they're going to change this here soon, the way the serial numbers work for Apple, it's generally W and then the year it was made, so like W9, and then the week it was made, so like, you know, W923, so it's in the 23rd week, and there's another series of numbers that dictate what the system is and stuff like that. So, so if I have these... A, a serial number to an iPod. All I have to do is call Apple and say, "Hey, please send me a replacement," and they send me one. No, I think that he was he was using like a reseller account or something like that. Okay. So I I don't know any more specifics other than what I told you. Okay. So. Well, I, all I can say is it just sounds fishy and and almost as though Apple had it coming to them in a way. I mean, you don't send out nine thousand products. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I told him it seems pretty stupid. It sounds stu- it sounds stupid on their behalf to to allow nine thousand of these things go without some better documentation or some of some sort. And then also, it sounds pretty stupid to even try that. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, if I were going to try to to scam Apple out of you know a couple iPods, maybe three, five, but nine thousand, you're just asking for trouble. You know, yeah, you're you're getting a little greedy at that point. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so HD and iTunes, tell me about it. Sure. Uh, now you can buy and rent HD movies in iTunes, uh, beginning with a small selection of titles like Transporter and Twilight and all that kind of stuff, uh, Quantum of Solace. Um, <clears throat> the movies will be $20, and rentals will cost four ninety nine. If you buy a movie, though, it also comes with a file for your iPod or your iPhone. So so, so if you if you buy the movie... You get a, a a low def version of it as well. Yes, exactly. But if you rent, you cannot watch rented HD movies on the iPod. No, yeah, you can. Well, I got. I I'm assuming you can watch them on whatever. Well, th- we, remember a couple weeks ago, or just maybe it was just two weeks ago, somebody tweeted saying, "Hey, why won't this movie yeah, that's true. show that I just rented? Why won't it work?" And and they couldn't get it to do it because it was HD. Oh. Otherwise, why would they give you a version for your iPod when you buy the yeah. movie? Well, it'll be a lot smaller. I mean, if you bought a high def movie, it's going to be you know six or seven gig. If you buy, or if you get it for your iPod or i you know or iPhone, it's probably going to be maybe a gig or eight hundred meg. I wonder how that will look. I mean, that's only a 
dollar more, I think, or is it two dollars? I think that's two dollars more on a rented movie. Uh, I think I just paid two ninety nine to rent um, Fever Pitch, which is an older movie. I, I've rented high def movies through iTunes, and it looks awesome. Does it? Yeah, it's seven twenty p. Uh huh. So, and then that's what my TV is. So it looks great. Cool. I'll have to check it out. Alrighty, what's this rumor of unsubsidized iPhones being offered by AT&T? Yeah, the Boy Genius uh, website apparently got their hands on some slides from an AT&T training session saying that on March 26th, AT&T will offer a no commitment for their existing existing customers on both iPhone models. Here's the rub, though. It's going to be $600 for the 6 gig and $700 for the 16 gig. So if you have a contract with AT&T, or if you're on one of those pay-as-you-go or something like that, you can get one of these phones, not sign a new, a new contract, and, uh, but you're going to pay a lot more. Right. <clears throat> I, I, would, I would see how some people would like that if they were planning on unlocking it, though. Yeah, because really, you're still, it's, still, it's just like every other uh, iPhone. You're still locked to AT&T. Well, that, unless you get around that. Have they, broken, have they unlocked the uh, 3G yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, there was something called a uh, yellow snow that blow that brought that uh, did it. So they they could basically buy that for six hundred bucks, unlock it, take it over to T-Mobile, and they're good to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, not that we would tell anybody to do anything like that, but just wanted to know for uh, reporting purposes. Yes. All right. FYI. So, FYI. All right. So anyway, let's move on to some questions and some feedback. How's that sound? That sounds great. We'll start off with uh, just a little um, feedback here from Kylie in France who dialed in. So let's see what Kylie has to say. Hi, Cliff and Chris. This is Kylie calling from Paris for help. I got a Mac. I just wanted to check in and say that dragging the folder over worked fine. My Microsoft Office Suite is working fine from the transfer from my old Mac to my new MacBook. Yay! And so what I saved in not having to buy an entire new suite more than paid for my Plus membership for the year. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. That is awesome. So, Chris, just for a recap um, of <coughs> last week, for those who didn't listen, uh, you want to explain to them what her, her dilemma was that she couldn't get her um, Macs, her old Mac and her new Mac to do the, the link. Right. And so she she was having a hard time trying to find a way to get uh, Office and all her stuff installed on the new Mac. And you told her to do what? Yeah, well, she had Office installed on her old Mac and didn't have the disks anymore. You know, they got lost or scratched or whatever. So what I told her to do was actually drag the whole Office folder from the Applications folder. On the, she had an external hard drive. So have her drag it to her external hard drive. And then hook up that external hard drive to her new Macintosh and just drag it back over to the Applications folder. And a lot of times, all those apps are encapsulated, so all the stuff that the app needs to run is still inside, you know, is inside the application itself. So when she launched Word or whatever, it automatically just ran just fine. <clears throat> that is awesome. I'm glad that worked out for her and uh, definitely made her Plus membership worthwhile, as she said. So very, very cool. Let's. Uh, I've got one more audio clip. This is from John. He called reg- after watching the 3.0 iPhone. Um, uh, I guess preview, if you will. Cool. Hey, Cliff. This is John from Houston. I'm just calling in. Um, I guess for help, I got a Mac and a Weekly Lost podcast. 
I want to see if you caught the um, the lost reference uh, during um, the iPhone 3.0 uh, operating system um, during during the little press conference on Tuesday. I want to see if you caught that. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure you did. Just give you a little talking point to talk about tonight. Anyway, thanks. Appreciate it. John, thank you so much. Did you see that, Chris? Are you a Lost fan? Yeah, I, I did see it. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, Scott Forstall, who is VP for the iPod or uh, for the iPhone product division, uh, was showing cut and paste, and he said uh, he was pasting information from a flight that he wanted to take, which was Oceanic Flight Eight Fifteen. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was just pretty funny. He got a couple chuckles in the audience. So yep, us diehard Lost fans knew exactly where he was going with that one. <laughs> Very cool. And then uh, we have one more voicemail, but before we do that, let's take. Um, does Kylie have a, something different here that she had in a question form? She did. Uh, she wrote, I'm trying to write my dissertation in French, and I'm going to need a handy French dictionary, preferably one that interacts with Microsoft Word. Where can I find one and how can I install it? I've been spinning my wheels online trying to figure it out and realized asking you gurus here would by far be the fastest route. And. <clears throat> I'm not saying this is the exact solution. This this may work. A lot of times, applications, and I think Office falls under this too, uses the dictionary from the Mac operating system. Unlike uh, Windows or anything like that, uh, apps generally have to bring their own dictionary. On a Mac, they can use Leopard's built-in dictionary. And so there's an application. I put it in the show notes. It's uh, from, from Google Code, and it's called... Uh, dictionary application and what it'll do is it'll um it's a program called i'm sorry dictionary dictionary unifier it takes all the dictionaries that are built into the dictionary application in leopard and opens them up okay so you just run this program and it'll it'll open up all the all the uh libraries that she needs very cool (coughs) see we're just a cornucopia of information all right, moving on to our last call of the evening. We have Justin Kaiser who called in. And I'm going to push the button now. Hey, Cliff. Justin Kaiser calling from SpilledBrain.com and JustinKaiser.com. Calling for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. Uh, and I'm really thinking Help I Got a Mac. Actually, uh, love the new Mac Mini. Uh, picked it up and picked it up so I could do video on it. I was fighting video on the uh, PC, and uh, so far I love iMovie, but I'm looking for free plugins, free transitions, anything that uh, may be usable in iMovie. Also wondering where you got your animated logo, who did the logo for GSPN, because I'd like to uh, use that in some of the videos that I'm producing. Love the show, and good luck. Thank you very much. Appreciate the help, Cliff. All right, Chris, do we know anybody that has any free transitions that you can add into um, the iMovie suite? N- not the new iMovie suite. There was a lot of them <coughs> for the old one. Um, I'm not too sure if anything new has come out yet. So if he's using a new iMovie, he might be out of luck for a little while until like you know, places like DV Garage and stuff like that come out with new transitions. Yeah, that that and and what I found is that iMovie just was really tough on on transitions. It's, it it was very basic, almost like Fisher Price kind of transitions. Yeah, and let's be honest, unless you're George Lucas, you don't want to use too many transitions uh, other than just like straight cuts. Yeah. 
a little, I mean, yeah. little fade in, fade out kind of thing. And yeah, exactly. You know, only George Lucas I know can get, get can get by with like the wipe. You know, the wipe, no doubt. So, <clears throat> what I was going to say is that um, let's see here. If you, oh the 3D logo at the front of the GSPN videos that I produce. That was actually created by a listener of mine who actually works for a TV station. And he does that for a living for commercials and TV shows and and stuff like that. So he's one of our listeners and actually did that just as a gift. Out of the blue, he just sent me an email one day and said, Hey, do you like this? I figured it'd be great for you to use in your videos. But um, he's not doing that as a freelance thing because of his work commitments and stuff. But uh, there's a friend of mine. I think it's called uh, his show, his podcast, his site and everything. It's called thedvshow.com. TheDVShow.com. And I guarantee you that, uh, actually, I'll tell you what, it didn't pull up. Let me pull up The DV Show. And I bet you, it's, no, uh, that's weird. It's, it is TheDVShow.com. I don't know why it didn't pull up when I pulled it up. But uh, yeah, if you go to www.TheDVShow.com, uh, just. Uh, Click on the email link at the top right-hand corner and send an email. Brian will probably get that, and I guarantee you he will know a place where he can get those. Um, they're called motion graphics is what they're called, and you can have them done 3D and stuff, and I, I'm positive he'll, he'll know who to point you to, if not like 15 or 20 people. Yep. Very cool. <clears throat> That's all I have as far as feedback and questions. Do you have anything else, Chris? I think I'm good other than I am looking for a job. Oh, yes. That's what I heard. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, we don't have to be all business here. So uh, you you went to work at, at a startup company how many months ago? Mm, about 10. About 10 months ago. And because of the economy and other things, everybody's kind of cutting back. And, and you're, you're going to be working through what date? Uh, the end of April, yeah, they're actually moving a, a lot of our stuff into California. So, gotcha. So you got until the end of April to find something new. What kind of work are you looking for? Um, man, I can do a lot of stuff. Uh, my background's IT support. You know, I used to be a Mac genius and all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I can also do uh, audio video. Uh, we d- I did all the um, training videos and stuff for Share This. Uh, I designed the homepage for Share This. Um, I designed their new Flash widget, so I can do some UI type design and stuff too. So, I I I I'm kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to digital things, you know, audio, video, whatever. And where do you want to stay at? You want to stay here locally? Yeah, yeah. My wife's got a really good job. She's an interior designer for a kitchen company, and um, we want to stay local. Our, our family's here and stuff like that. So cool. So you're looking to stay in Cincinnati. If anybody is out there and you know of any uh, positions or anything like that, you know, Chris has been here on a regular place, uh, on a regular place, on a regular basis uh, for, gosh, it's been years now almost, hasn't it? Almost two years, I think, yeah. Almost two years he's been here on a weekly basis sharing his knowledge, his help, and stuff like that. And if anybody knows of any way you can help Chris get some connections to the right people, uh, please help him out, and you can send that email to chris at biting.org, and that's B-E-I-T-I-N-G dot O-R-G. Yes. There we go. All righty. Well, folks, I am going to go ahead and click this button. 
And that means we have three minutes and 24 seconds now to end this show. <laughs> so I guess I maybe should have hit that button like at least two and a half minutes ago. But anyway, we want to say thank you to everybody who's joined us in the chat room here tonight. And uh, thank you for all of you who have called in. Justin, Kylie, John, thanks for the feedback, the audio feedback especially. And if you guys want to call in and leave us your voice message for us to answer uh, any questions you have related to the Mac, any comments, they don't have to all be questions. If Maybe you can just call and leave your favorite Mac application uh, for your computer. Maybe you might want to share an iPhone application. Anything like that, you can give us a call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on our voicemail hotline at area code 859-795-4067. That's area code 859-795-4067. If you do need to email us, instead of calling in, you can send the email to feedback at gspn.tv. Yeah, and if you can't wait for uh, the show every Monday, you can also join the community at gspn.tv uh, slash forum and post your question there. Absolutely, and you'll get a lot of great people answering. In fact, we encourage you just to go to the forum anyway, just to introduce yourself, say hi, get registered. It's free. doesn't cost you a penny, and uh, we would love to interact with you there. And the only other thing I was going to say, Chris, have you gotten any other iPhone applications recently this week or anything like that? That's just uh... I got Sheep Stacker Lite. Did you get Sheep? Stack- Did- oh, they have a light version now. Yeah. So if you if you want to try out Sheep Stacker and you do and you don't want to pay any money, they do have a, a light version. And I got the play. I got the like forty sheep on oh, my yeah. first try. So yeah, it's it's a pretty cool little game. You get the fifty, you get an extra life, man. There you go. Very cool. I didn't know that they had the Sheep Stacker Lite. That's pretty cool to know. Yes. Check it out, folks. That's a, a game put out by, I think it's Tiny Tim Games. Is that what it's called? Uh, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. And that's uh, Shannon Kay and her husband. Um, I can't think right now. That's crazy of me. ShannonK.com will take you to her yeah, site. ShannonK.com. I'm Jared. Shannon and Jared. Yeah, they're very, very, very cool people. They're very cool people. GSPN.TV Plus members all the way. Support them. Get their get their uh, Sheep Stacker game. Very awesome. You'll love it. It doesn't matter if you're 8 years old or 80 years old. It, it rocks. It does. All right. Anyway, thanks you, thank you once again, Chris, for another week of Help I Got a Mac. Yeah, and hopefully I won't sound like Wheezy from the Jeffersons. <laughs> Next week I'll have a nice clean throat. Sounds good, my friend. We'll talk to you then. All right, see you. Bye.